Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not feeling that great, to be very honest with everyone. I'm currently having a little bit of a low moment and um, uh, it's been a really fucking hard few days. So I'm pretty exhausted mentally and physically. Um, and I haven't really told anyone. I've just kind of been battling it on my own with obviously my family. So yeah, look, it's always a really hard thing to talk about when I'm in the middle of it, but we have decided to share a bit of it next week. Um, so stay tuned because I sound really, really fucking excited about it, don't I? <laughs> Sorry to be so down on such a beautiful episode, but yeah, like that's, it's, this is it. I can't, I can't fake anything right now. I'm, I feel really low. I feel really down and out. I can't fake a smile. I don't feel any happiness. I feel really, I feel like someone's died inside so that's how I currently feel, which isn't good, but I'm getting help and yeah. You've got through it before and you're going to get through it again. Yeah. How are you? No, I'm good. I'm not going to harp on about how good I am when you're not feeling well, but things are fine in my world. I am feeling large and in charge. As I said last week, the third pregnancy hits different. I'm in a bit of a lull of what on earth you wear when you're pregnant? Like, do you just go through this every time and forget? I don't know. Anyway, so I'm trying to find some inspo on what to wear, but this all just feels so stupid and superficial (laughs) in comparison to what you're going through. So I'm not even going to go into it. It's great stuff. And while we're on this topic, I feel like what you're wearing, you're rocking it. Is this an oversized shirt? I'm dopamine dressing on your behalf. I have a bright orange shirt. <laughs> She's dress trying to on. brighten me up through the screen. I'm trying to brighten you on with a, up with a shirt. Brighten me on. Calm down. Brighten you on. I think we're beyond um, the bump. Brightening you up with a shirt, though. Yeah. But that's okay. But we're going to get into today's episode. Mm. This was recorded in happier times <laughs> for Jade. This is a really important episode. We both think on how to wear whether that be cut back feed, mm. stop feeding completely, whether that be breast or bottle with the beautiful Susie Prout. She is a lactation consultant. We do want to apologize. (laughs) Jade and my audio had a little bit of a barry Mm. on this day, but it's okay. We promise it's still worth listening to because Susie does most of the talking, the explaining, the tips. And she's great. 
Yeah, and you can still hear us. We just sound a little bit croaky and we apologize for that. Slap on the wrist to us for not double checking how everything was plugged in properly, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll forgive us. And yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode because it's something that a lot of you have been asking for for a long time. Enjoy. And Jade, mm. we love you. Yeah, I love you. Hello, Susie. Thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Bump today. Before we get started, can you tell our beautiful listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, hi. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so my name is Susie Prout and I'm an international board certified lactation consultant and also a registered midwife and a registered nurse. We're from Perth. We live in Indonesia at the moment, but most of my business is online anyway. And so I run a online breastfeeding membership, helping girls learn how to breastfeed, continue to breastfeed, stop breastfeeding. And it's all done in an online, very lighthearted capacity, really. Awesome. Now today we are going to be talking about weaning. It'll be mainly weaning from breastfeeding, but there'll be a couple of questions about bottle feeding as well, because obviously there's weaning involved in that too. And I think it's an area that's not really discussed. I feel like breastfeeding is spoken about a lot, but then I know both times that I've got to the point, very suddenly got the ick with both my girls and then gone, how do I, how do I stop this? And I know it's such a common thing. So I'm really excited. Well, we're really excited to delve into this today to chat about how, when, why, what we wean. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a bit of a myth there that lactation consultants can only deal with breastfeeding on the breast. And I've had lots of clients come to me and say, I'm not sure if you're allowed to help me with bottles or with stopping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I I hate that it's like, you know, you're nervous to ask us because we're dealing with feeding in general. Yes, we're specialists in the breast, but we're dealing with however you want to feed and we just help you start and stop however you want to do it. So I'm really glad we're doing this podcast because I agree there's not that much out there. No, exactly. And I think that, yeah, we really wrap our heads around getting started and, you know, we're starting as a community to realise that breastfeeding is a very much like a learnt skill. It doesn't necessarily come naturally. And I think we put all this emphasis into trying to get it started. But yeah, there needs a little bit of emphasis on helping us to stop as well. One of the most common questions that came in for mothers that were wanting to wean, whether that be completely or cut down on a few feeds and change to bottles, whether that be because they're returning to work or, or just want a little bit more freedom. And so many said, but my baby just does not take the bottle. Do you have any tips on that? Yeah. So this would be my number one question I get in my DMs. Help my baby won't take a bottle. Now, the thing (laughs) is really a baby that has never had a bottle, right, all the way through, and then they get to about six or seven months old, next minute, you stuff a bottle in their mouth. It's completely overwhelming. The way that a baby sucks on a bottle to the breast is chalk and cheese. And it can be quite scary. Like if you're like driving the car, not thinking, and suddenly someone like stuffs a burger in your mouth and say, like really overwhelming. Like I'm not ready for that. (laughs) What, yeah, what's going on? Unfortunately, the best thing you can do has already passed, which is introduce a bottle early. So a lot of these girls haven't. And I don't mean, you know, get the baby on the bottle so there's breast refusal. It's if you are listening to this and you're pregnant or you're in the really early days, if you can introduce a bottle every few days, just a top up bottle of say like express breast milk after a breastfeed. So you're not affecting your milk supply. You're not affecting breast preference. If you do that once in 24 hours or less, your baby will know how to take a bottle from early on and it will never be a problem because 
when babies are about six weeks old, eight weeks old, they lose the, like, you know, when you have a newborn, you stick your finger in their mouth and they suck, they suck on anything. It's a reflex. And then when they get to eight weeks, oh. that reflex goes and sucking becomes voluntary. Right. So as soon as you've got a baby then who's older, who's voluntary going to suck it, you can put whatever you want in their mouth. They have to choose to suck it. And so it's easier to teach someone how a baby had a bottle feed when they've still got that sucking reflex. If a baby's had a dummy, are they more likely to take a bottle? Like is the yeah, silicon or are they quite different? Too? No, they are. Anecdotally, they are more likely to take it. But then again, when we do introduce a bottle early, we have to be super careful that we're not doing it too much. And then we have breast or supply issues. But I know that the that the girls that come to me are past that and they're like, yes, yeah, but that's gone. Like I now still need my baby to take a bottle. So then what you've got to do is you first of all, you've got to look at the bottle type. And so what you want is it's not the brand or anything. It's just you want a teat that is long and stretchy. You don't want one of those really fat bottles with a little tiny teat on the top that's not stretchy. You want something really stretchy because a nipple's super stretchy. And then what you want to do is you want to introduce that bottle in playtime. It doesn't even have to have any milk in it, but every awake time, it's got to be like a lot. You're letting them play with it, suck on it, do whatever they want in it so it's not scary. And then you can put a little bit of milk in the bottom and then you can keep playing and just playing every awake time. And then what you can do is when they're distracted watching TV or outside and you're holding them, you can bring the bottle up and just lean it on their chin because they're not scared of the bottle then because they've been playing with it for a few weeks now. And then when they open their mouth, you gently put the bottle in, but you don't stick the bottle in down the back of their throat like is what we'd think you'd need to do because that's quite overwhelming and the gag reflex is scary for them. You put the bottle on the top of their palate, the top palate, and what that will do is stimulate them to try and suck because that's what the nipple does. And then slowly they'll bring it in themselves and they can have a suck on an empty bottle. It's just a playing thing. It's not meant to be stressful. And once they've kind of played and played and played with that for a few weeks, generally they will start to take it. But it's literally got to be every awake time playing, putting it up at the top palette with a bottle that's easy to use for them and then slowly. However, there are babies who will just absolutely never take a bottle. And if they, if you've got to go to work, you've got to go to work. And so that's when you think, right, if your baby's over six months, there's other ways to get milk into them while you're away. You know, you can make a, a smoothie. Your baby doesn't have to have a bottle of milk when you're out. If they need 80 mils of breast milk, we'll put it in with some banana and something yummy that they like and give it to them in like a Subo bottle and let the, or a straw cup or something else and let them suck that. Or give them a puree and give them a yogurt while you're out. It's going to be okay. You're going to get home. You're then going to give them their milk. There's other ways, you know, freeze some um, breast milk in an icy pole, just give them heaps of food and water while you're out. It's not ideal, but when babies are also then having solids and they can have breast milk mixed in food, mixed in porridge, they're kind of ways around it, depending how long you're away from your baby and how often. But that's kind of where I go usually with my consultations with this. Well, aren't you a breath of fresh air? Jeez. Like listening to this, I'm not currently weaning any child, but you are making me feel at ease knowing all these ins and outs. And if I had have known that solution at the start, like, you know, when 
I think as a parent, you just go to Google because you just need help. And we didn't have podcasts when I was weaning my kids off my boob. And I just felt like I just was in a whirlwind of hell. There was no solution. There was just, you know, well, it's guessing, but it's also like always conflicting information. And the way that you've just explained it was so beautiful because it's, it was, it's, it's a very relaxed approach and you've just given so many different options and solutions to mothers that, you know, don't panic. Don't panic if you, you know, you're going away. I think the biggest thing with mothers is when we leave, we're like, oh gosh, they're not going to have our milk or my partner's not going to be able to feed my child. They're not going to be able to feed. But at the end of the day, if they're hungry, they will feed, won't they? Yeah, they will. They're not going to completely starve themselves and they might not want to take the milk in the bottle, but they will take something from your partner or the babysitter. They're going to take enough fluids to get them through. We're not going to have a baby who's going to refuse stuff that they like if you're going to give them a yogurt or something. It doesn't really matter if they have an 80 ml bottle of breast milk or formula or an, an 80 ml pouch of yogurt just to get them through some water. You're not going to want to stop going out for dinner or going out and having some fun because when we feel that we can't leave our babies, we can't stop breastfeeding them. There's lots of new studies coming out that are showing that if you feel completely trapped in your breastfeeding relationship, you are more likely to then want to wean earlier than mm. if we actually give some mums some support and be like, you know what, it's actually okay if they have a bottle. You know, it's actually fine if they if you go out and you leave them and they have to have whatever, like it's going to be okay. Relax about it. And we can talk in more in this podcast about breastfeeding boundaries going into best breastfeeding weaning. Breastfeeding boundaries also support the breastfeeding relationship because it doesn't make the mum be like, oh my God, like I'm so touched out. I'm sick of this. I can't do it. We can put some boundaries in place and then you might be able to get a bit further on in your relationship if you want to Mm. and then wean. Oh, I completely agree because I feel like with my first... I was so in my own head about it being exclusively breastfeeding. And then so every time I'd want to do something for myself, the amount of organization that went into me being able to leave the house, I got to the point where I'm like, this one hour massage is not worth the however many worth of, you know, pumping after feeding and making sure there was enough frozen milk and making sure there was backup in case that bottle, you know, had some kind of explosion and all these things. And then so with my second, I was just like, it's okay if, you know, and 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 it did. It made me enjoy my breastfeeding experience more because I didn't feel trapped to it. Yeah. Okay, so when is it realistic to think a child can night wean and do you have any tips on this? Okay, yeah. So some babies will sleep through the night without us doing anything. You know, you get these like anomaly babies that just sleep through the night and it's fine and they sleep through early, early on. And if it's if it's from their own doing, it's not like we're training them into that too early. Yeah, <laughs> then they're okay. They can sleep through early on as long as your weight, the weight's going fine, milk supply is going fine. But in general, I would say that once a baby has started solids and he's able to take a good dinner, so they're having three meals a day, maybe eight months of age, they're able to have a good dinner, a breast milk or formula after that and go to sleep for the night. Usually they're fine to then sleep through the night, especially babies that are not on solids yet. 
to expect them because their little tummies are quite small and, and breast milk is very, it digests very easily. So ex- expecting them to, to night wean before they've got some solids in their tummy can be quite unrealistic because it's 12 hours. I mean, it's actually quite a long time. I'd probably be quite hungry not eating or drinking. <laughs> I wake up hours. every morning very hungry. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's kind of, I always say to mums, if you are wanting to night wean and you want it to be more easy, I'd wait until you're on solids, you're having a dinner and then it probably will work where mums can try before six months. I don't recommend it. They can if they want to, but it won't always work. And then if you are going without breastfeeding for 12 hours, your breasts are going to be like, oh, okay, this baby doesn't need me as much. I'm going to make less milk. And then we've got a problem with supply once a baby's sleeping through too early. Okay. And any tips for people who, you know, maybe they're past that six month mark and they want a night wean? Yeah. So I was looking at some of the questions that the girls in my membership were asking about this and they were co-sleeping as well. Yeah. And I was thinking of that last week, actually. And co-sleeping is lovely. I've certainly done it with a couple of my kids in certain times. However, if they are on the breast every hour throughout the night, like breast sleeping, you can call it, Mm -hmm. that is going to be very, very difficult because how do you, you can't explain to a baby, your breasts are there, the smell is there, what's Mm -hmm. normal, what they've always known is there, to suddenly be like, right, no, you're not having it. They don't even know what that means. It'll be a disaster. So if you're wanting to decrease your breastfeeding at night, I don't want to tell you that, you you know, you should be putting your baby back in the bassinet or cot, but really that's going to be a lot easier because then you're not, it's not right there for you. It's imagine if like, you know, you had like a block of chocolate on the couch next to you and you're like, someone's like, no, you can only look at that and smell that, but you can't have it. It's really hard. Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard. So it's take away what's right there for them, distract them from that. And then once you've got them sleeping some periods of time in their bassinet or in their cot, then you can be right. Okay, right. So the first thing I would usually do with the baby that I know can kind of start to sleep through the night but hasn't is be like, right, I'm going to put a time in my head and it's going to be they've gone to bed at 7 o'clock. If they wake up before 12 o'clock, no, like that, like I'm going to push that through. Rocking, patting, whatever you have to do and be like in your head, 12 o'clock. And then if they're still awake at 12 o'clock, okay, yes, you can feed them. Or if they wake up again, then at one, you feed them. And then back in your head again, okay, you know what? Now you're going to have four hours. You're going to have a good sleep. I'm going to push through until the time in my head. And then if that's worked in a week's time, right, I'm actually going to go to one o'clock and keep going on like that. And that's what I did with my kids. So it wasn't essentially sleep training or anything because I was there, but it was just I was like, right, you know what? It's now time to be able to extend those feeds out. But I would never have been able to do it if they were in my bed. And when they're in your bed and they are on your breast, attached to your breast all night, they're not actually feeding. They're pacifying themselves in that time, aren't they? Yeah, they could wake up enough and have a really good feed. But a lot of the time it's like cat napping and snack feeding. They go together a little bit of a milk and then maybe a 40-minute sleep and then a bit of a milk. And you know what? Some mums absolutely love that and that's fine. But a lot of mums are like, yes, it was fun for a while and now it's not sustainable. Mm, Absolutely. Now, 
Is there a time that it's optimal to consider weaning that maybe the ease of weaning outweighs the pros of breastfeeding? Or is that a calculation that can never be done? <laughs> yeah. So we want, we know that the World Health Organization says two years, two years or more for breastfeeding. That's their optimal time. If you're looking at a baby over the age of two years to wean, it can be quite tricky. If you're looking at a baby, say, around 18 months of age, it might be easier between one year and two years. In terms of behaviour, it's probably easier. We have to be honest as a lactation consultant. I know that we need to promote breastfeeding to all over two, but if we're looking at behaviours in a general rule, you know, the younger they are in that toddlerhood, the easier because you can distract And so if you're trying to wean a four-year-old or an 18-month-old, it's quite hard to distract a four-year-old or change their mind or quickly pick them up and move them to a different situation. It can be trickier. But certainly lots of kids that I help to wean, when they are over the age of two, three, and they are very attached to the breast, it's very hard to go from breastfeeding to breast weaning. You have to do breast boundaries first because you can't have a baby, a toddler or a small child breastfeeding every two hours obsessed, not sleeping through the night to then go cold turkey or then completely stop. Because you also have to think, and certainly with my third, she was probably about the age of two when I decided to wean her because she was using breastfeeding for too much of nutritional content at that age. And that's what a lot of little toddlers do is they love it so much. They stop using solids. Their solid intake is is not very good. Their milk intake is really high. And what they do is they might not want to have their dinner, but then they want to go to bed because they know they can Mm. have their full feed. In that situation, for me to be like, right, I'm going to completely wean her when I know she's not having enough solids yet and I know she's Mm. a bit desperate for the boob, she doesn't want to go to anyone else because she knows I'm her comfort all the time would be very tricky. So you put in something in place for breastfeeding boundaries, which is, right, okay, so I'm not going to stop breastfeeding, but I'm going to decide when you're allowed to breastfeed. And I'm going to think to myself, okay, so I don't want you to breastfeed when we're out of the nursery or when we're out of the house. I only going to let you breastfeed when it's time for a nap in the, like your midday nap. And then before you go to bed at night, and then maybe if you wake up in the morning or something, if you want, so two or three times in 24 hours and any of those other times, I'm not going to let you uh, feed. And if you do that properly, so you can't be like, oh, oh, it's okay, just have a bit now. Or, oh, okay, no, nah, we'll do it later. You know, because then- <laughs> Got to be firm. Oh, you've got to be firm because the mixed messages, then they're thinking, oh, my gosh, mum's sort of not giving it to me. I'm going to want it more. And then I'll have clients saying to me, well, now they're wanting to feed 20 times a day because they're scared because I'm sort of taking it away. So you want to be like, right, okay, if they're pulling at your top, then you're wanting to be like, right, distract, distract, distract. You don't even have to say, a lot of mums will say, what do I say to them, you know? And it's not, you can't really say anything to them because what are you going to say? No, you can't have it. Or like, how are you going to explain that to a two to three-year-old? Don't explain it. Just distract them. Just say, not now, when we get in the car or when we... When we get to bed, we'll have it. Let's quickly go outside. Let's let's quickly get a drink or something like that. Distract, distract to the point where if you did that for three days and didn't let them have it and only let them have it when they're going to bed or whenever you want them to have it, soon enough, 
they'll just forget about it. And it doesn't need to be a battle because you're not fighting with them. You're just distracting. Kids have a very good way of twisting your nipples, don't they, one way or another? (laughs) I think that if I had have done that, both of my girls, I got the breastfeeding ick around 14 months. With Poppy, it was because we were ready to start trying to conceive again and I was kind of like oh well I want my body back for you know I just want to feel like me for a sec before I get pregnant again and then with Goldie it was a real ick but it was I think it was a sense of jealousy that I'd watch my husband and her and they could play and they could sit on the couch together and cuddle and he'd walk into a room and she'd be happy to see him whereas I felt like with me I was just this like walking around nude set of tits that like if I walked into a room she would just scream at me until I fed her if we sat on the couch she'd be all over me until she had the boob and I think it got to that point that maybe if I had have been persistent about setting boundaries for a few days I maybe could have continued longer but with boundaries in place whereas I just got to the point where I was like I need to be more to you than your milk supply yeah absolutely and there's there's a lot of mums that will say one month they were absolutely loving breastfeeding and then the next yeah. month, you know, it was really awful. And I certainly had that with my second. He was getting to that, you know, I was I used to kind of always get the ick around too. And then I was like, right, I, I cannot sit here. I, I physically cannot sit here while you're feeding. I just absolutely hate it. Mm. And then you put the boundaries in place, but still then you have put some boundaries in, but they are still feeding. And that's when you can be like, okay, it's now easier for me to wean because you're only feeding at these certain times. And then I'm going to choose which is the feed that you are less attached to. Let's remove that one in 24 hours. And we do that for a week or so. And then you've got two feeds left and which one are you less attached to and you you do that rather than being completely cold turkey with a baby who's feeding 20 times a day and you're going to have issues with constipation, hydration, your mastitis levels, you know, risk will increase. Mm. And what if it is a bub who's maybe not like that two to three mark, maybe they're just over 12 months and you're looking to wean because you're over it or for whatever reason you want to stop is it still better to take that gradual approach or is cold turkey better? If you've got a baby who will take a bottle and is happy to do that and is happy to take formula or breast milk, you can go cold turkey as long as you just manage your milk supply. So say you're Mm. changing into formula and you're going cold turkey, baby's happy with it. Certainly if you're weaning a baby under the age of 12 months and you're going onto a formula regime and they're happy to take formula, it's really easy because they're happy with that and they, they're too young to ask for the breast. But yeah. then what the issue is, is your, your mastitis risk. So our mastitis risk will increase dramatically if we wean really quickly. So what we have to do is make sure that if we were normally feeding six times in 24 hours, we express our breasts five times in 24 hours for three or four days, wait till our breasts regulate, feel normal again, and then go to four times for three or four days. And then you just drop drop one every three or four days until you get to one in 24 hours. And then your milk will probably dry up on its own, or you might need to wait three days. Then you've got a few lumps in there, express it fully, and then you'll never have to do it again. So it's quite a lot easier. Yeah, because someone wrote in saying that even when they try and drop one feed, they get really engorged. I think Mm. they were saying their little one was 13, 14 months, but they find they get really engorged and every time they've tried to drop one feed, they've got mastitis. So do they 
like manually hand express that because yeah that, that that dance of wanting your supply to go down but not wanting to end up with messed up yeah absolutely so what you want to do is if you can't miss a complete feed you're going to have to get a little bit of milk out for comfort only so you can hand express if you want you can put a pump on for a few minutes just to take the edge off and then feed again and see and just take the edge off every time just to get you through some mums have an incredible milk supply and it just it really wants to stay there while some mums it's quite temperamental. And as soon as you give it one chance, it's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm I'm gone. So it depends on which, uh, which mum you are. And most mums will have a milk supply that is leaning on the, uh, you know, it wants to go, it wants to go as quick as possible. So when we're breastfeeding, our prolactin hormone is really high and our estrogen and progesterone hormones are low. And that is keeping us not very fertile. I can't say completely, you know, not fertile because there are some. Yeah. But what our bodies always want to do is spring back to fertile. They're trying to spring back to fertile as, as quick as possible. And so as soon as they can bring that estrogen and progesterone level up and prolactin down, they'll do it. And that's why it's quite tricky in the early days when we think about milk supply because our body is kind of fighting with us to, ah. I want to make babies. You know, it's our nap, you know, <laughs> let's let's get fertile again as soon as possible. And how can we minimise the guilt we feel when we're completely touched out but Bub still wants to feed? I remember Mia being about, I think she was about, oh, no, she would have been about eight or nine months old and she was crawling up to me when I was doing yoga. I never do yoga but (laughs) I was at this point and I I remember this, this story and she just came up to me and just like abruptly ripped my shirt open and like sucked at my nipple and then looked away and my nipple was out in the open and then she'd come back to it and she used it as a milk bar and I felt ripped off. Like I was just like, (laughs) I'm so sick of you abusing me right now. You're not even actually drinking. You're just thinking like you want it and then you don't. And I got really upset with myself because I'm like, oh gosh, you should probably, you know, they say go to two years, but I had that ick feeling where I'm like, there is no way I can do this anymore. In in public, at home, I don't want you coming up when you feel like you want to do it. Um, I was well aware when she was hungry. I was well aware when she needed to be fed, but she was on solids as well. So I was like, there's just no real need for you to just whip open my shirt when you feel like it. How can we reduce the guilt on wanting to just wean off the boob yeah I speak to so many girls about this and I had to say with my first he so my my first child he's now 10 he he was about nine months of breastfeeding the other two were about two and a half years so I weaned him very quickly especially for a lactation consultant and he was a very big baby so he needed a lot from me I'm quite small and I always had an issue with milk supply And when I went back to night shifts, my mum had him sometimes, my husband did, and he started having a bottle preference. And then the boob was a bit of a fight with him, was on and off. He was doing the same type of thing on and off, but just looking at me like, you know, I can do what I want. (laughs) And, And I felt exactly like you, like, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm struggling. I'm not enjoying this. I'm back at work. And then I, he refused for a bit. And and I also helped him wean at that point because it was just got to me. And then you have this huge guilt. 
this this guilt that you know this is what he wanted this is you know I should have let him be like this and that and we've got to remember that breastfeeding and breast milk is optimal for babies what is much more important is a mother's mental health mother's mental health and happiness and enjoyment from their baby and enjoyment from how they feed their baby and a baby's happiness around the breast if a baby's getting too stressed out and anxious about the breast can I have it can I not all of that stuff for me I'm a very modern uh, realistic lactation consultant that just trumps everything a mum's happiness yeah. and the baby's happiness and that kind of feeding dyad if it's not working, it's not working and you've got to put every, your baby is going to want a happy mum much more than some breast milk in their bodies. I do want to add that I found out a week later that I was pregnant. So (laughs) (laughs) that was the irritability on that one. But turns out that second and third child, I ended up feeling the same way around the nine or 11 month mark. And I just got to a point where I was like, it it is that ick where you're like that's me I've had enough yeah yeah absolutely and then as you say with when you are wanting to have another baby or you are pregnant things change as well so Mm. lots of mums will want to wean because they want to start ovulating again or knowing when they're ovulating and absolutely you want a time when you want to have your kids you know you should be able to have that choice there's that and then the other thing with guilt around stopping breastfeeding is not only the guilt it's the fact that our hormones have changed and we get we can get quite down we can we can get yeah. some depressive episodes and that is very very similar to you know when you have your babies and you get to day 3 and you have the day 3 blues it's because of this massive hormone change and then when you get pregnant, you're in your first trimester. I mean, you've been going through this recently is you have this, you know, your hormones are all over the place. And then you've got postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety. And then you also have post-weaning anxiety, post-weaning depression, which oh, is the things hell. we do. The oh. things we, and then wait, then we'll go through fucking menopause. <laughs> Exactly. We're so lucky. I know. So we can't expect to feel completely normal once we've weaned because we've now got low prolactin and raging mm. estrogen and progesterone. Plus, we're not breastfeeding anymore, so we're feeling that guilt. Plus, we're, it's all just changing, and it can be a little blip in the system for some mums, and it can be a real something for other mums. And it is something just like postnatal depression symptoms and anxiety symptoms to go and see someone because it can be as strong as that. It can be that serious. Is there anything we can do in the lead up to weaning to minimise those effects? Yeah, we think that if we wean gradually, we have boundaries in place already so a baby's not emotionally invested in the breast. The baby is nutritionally invested in the breast. If you're weaning a baby who's breastfeeding for nutrition purposes only, which is when you've decided they need it, compared to a baby who's nutrition and psychologically we know then that you will wean and most probably have a better time emotionally if you do it like that however that's not always possible some babies will have a breast refusal or a breast aversion Mm. and then you know we've, we've got a very sudden stopping 
I remember when I was weaning two of the girls, the last one, I can't remember what happened, but the first two, I distinctly remember saying to them, the milk bar's closed. I would refer my breast as the milk bar and I would wake up in the morning and they would wake up and they usually would get into bed with me, lie down and have a breastfeed. And instead I would have to stop and say, the milk bar is closed. However, breakfast is open let's go upstairs the buffet and have a banana have a chocolate milkshake have whatever you want because you're not getting my breast and it really at that age took about three days and they I guess we had I had so much pressure on myself thinking oh gosh like I'm googling things tape over the boobs putting you know like uh yucky stuff on the nipples and it turns out my simple approach worked and they really really, really didn't mind weaning. So I don't know all kids are different, but what are your tips for women that would like to wean an older yeah, child? Yeah, what are some practical kind of things we can do? Yeah. So the younger they are, which we've just spoken about, is about distraction. So, no, oh, look, there's a bird outside. Run outside. Forget about it, you know. <laughs> that uh, bird's oh. got boobs. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just have a swim. Like, I don't know, anything. That works with babies, toddlers are the younger. But as they get older, it can be a bit tricky as well. So then, as you're saying, you can say, my breasts are not making milk anymore. It's closed. You, some mums will do things like put lemon on their mm. nipples or put something gross on there, which can... I have seen it work, but I've more often than not, I've seen it backfire for mum's mental health. Because if you suddenly, you've had a beautiful breastfeeding relationship, you put lemon on the breast and then the baby's like, ah, and, and it's disgusting and screams. That mum feels awful. And I've had a mum as a client before who was then tried later on in the day to feed because she's felt so guilty and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel guilty doing that. And a baby has then had a complete breast aversion and is never fed again, which is what mm. she wanted. But it was quite a, a stressful thing for her. So you can do that, but you've got to be ready to completely end it then. And it could be quite overwhelming. So then you can also do with the older kids is you can say, no, we only feed at X, Y, Z time now. So you will get your feed before your nap. You will get your feed when you go to bed. And then once you are then at the time when they're happy to just have it at bedtime, then what you need to do when it's time to completely remove that one, if you have tried talking to them in simple sentences and it's not working, then we need to change the routine of the evening. And a client did this the other day that worked in that rather than going into the room, doing books, doing a boob, doing bed, she gave the bath, she put them in a pram, she gave some milk in a straw cup, took them for a walk took them in through the back of the house, did a book outside. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, yeah. doesn't it? And then going in. No, yeah, you need drastic you measures. You got to do what you got to do. And then the whole process, the baby, the toddler is like, I don't know what's going on now. Like I've had, <laughs> I had a book at seven o'clock out the back. Like, you know, yeah. And then, and then uh, it's to mind bed. Fuck. Yeah. And then it's to bed and it's like, no, no, oh, we won't do the, no, it's too late now. We won't do the boob now if, if they do even mention it. And change things around so much that they're so confused. But we know that within three <laughs> days of doing that, they're like, 
oh, I don't even know what's going on, what breast milk. And we do also know that babies, babies will confuse the shit out I of the I just child. know that toddler is like, I've officially made my mum lose it. Like this is. So funny. Oh. And then we know that babies will forget usually within three days. So it's not like mm. we're doing this for three months. And it's the mums, it's us that feel that pull towards breastfeeding sometimes more than they actually do. We worry about it all day oh my gosh they're not having a feed today how they're going to go they're probably annoyed about it for one minute and and we're annoyed we're stressed out about it for one month (laughs) because they only know what they know in the instant a lot of kids don't know what's coming next what's happening in three hours time they just know that they feel fine now and they're not hungry right now and that's that so what's that ideal age where it's like the three day yeah the three day (laughs) the three day the three day thing works for all ages and that's what people also say with sleep training not I'm pretty hopeless with sleep but no I agree it's it's a three day thing um even with adults they say you know try and form a habit try to do something for three days the fourth day will be easier and the small children that find it very hard with weaning are the ones that have been co-sleeping for four years and they still are and then they're really I mean I've got a four-year-old moment I'm just imagining what she would be like if I was still feeding and trying to wean they're headstrong and oh, those are the why ones. my four and a half year olds in my bed and has <laughs> been for two years yeah. Yeah. no mine no mine is too it's ridiculous and so because I'm so used to sleep training I get all these questions of sleep I'm like I just don't know but yes with the older ones that is when you're going to have to start having the simple conversations you make a phrase you decide what you want to do with your why they're not feeding anymore and you say the same thing the same way every single time so there's no discussion there's no roundabout way it's the same thing every single time it's closed it's not working anymore and I think you like with I know we're not talking about sleep training but it goes hand in hand with weaning you've got to really want to do it to commit don't you yeah you do and this is the thing with the girls that put the lemon on the breasts and things that you've got to really want to do it because there are mums that will come to me and say I'm desperate I want to wean I want to get my baby to take a bottle bottle refusal and then in two weeks time I'm actually all right about it now like I think I'm going to keep going for a little bit and I'll have mums come to me and say I've had a terrible breastfeeding relationship last two this baby I'm not breastfeeding I'm going straight to formula it's going to be easier and then they come to me and say actually I've changed my mind and and this is the thing there's no you never have to say in your head right I'm going to feed till 14 months you just feed until you don't want to anymore it's it's up to you I love that you say that because before I had any of my children I had this statement in my head that you should breastfeed dot 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 you should be breastfeeding until and the last child I had postnatal depression and I I had to change ways for my mental health to make me a better mother and make me kinder put me first and in that sense I introduced bottle feeding and mixed feeding and it was formula and so my partner could help me and my gosh I can't tell you how much self-pressure I took off myself by introducing different ways of feeding my child. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember with my first son and when I weaned him at nine months and I was doing night shifts as a midwife with pumps everywhere in every room in the night shift I could use to pump. But after pumping through throughout the night when I was working and not getting a sleep in and then at the, at the hospital and I realised why am I actually doing this for my mm. mental health? And then here I was 
not doing it, and then deciding to formula feed as a lactation consultant, going to all these things with my bottle and everyone else breastfeeding. And it was a very hard pill to swallow for me, but it made me, I think it's made me be, uh, I have a lot more empathy for girls that I that go through breastfeeding and I help them because I've, I've decided, okay, you know what, what's more important? And I say this to my to my clients all the time. You get to choose when you want to breastfeed and for how long or for how, however you want to do it. Your baby doesn't make the choice because you're the one that's living with this and doing all this every day. And there are so many different situations that girls have to put themselves in in terms of work and and wanting to wean because if they are working really hard at their job and every minute of spare time of their job, they're pumping and then they're racing home and then they're getting just enough milk, something's going to give in a little while and yeah. it's, you've just got to be like, you know what, I can only do what I can do. We can't run ourselves into the ground with breastfeeding. I remember one of my friends was really not enjoying breastfeeding at all. Um, and she was having some like thyroid issues with that as well. And it just, it just wasn't working for her. And I remember her saying to me, Oh, but once I get to six months, I'll stop. And I remember being like, mm. what, like, why? Why yeah. at six months? Yeah. You know, you're really not happy with this journey. And she was like, Oh, something in my head sounds good about making it to six months. And I said to her, is that just so that if someone asks, you can say you made it to six months? And she thought about it and she said, you're so right. It, not that this is about me at all being right, but she just said, I don't even know. I just like picked this number out of my head and it sounded good. And yeah, why am I soldiering on with this really unhappy with the experience just so I can reach this arbitrary milestone? Mm. Yes, absolutely. And I, so that's a really good point because when you've had your baby, so many girls will say when they're pregnant with their first, about, I'm going to breastfeed for this long or for that long. And when I have girls that are really struggling at say three weeks of age and we're going through things and they say to me, oh my gosh, Susie, how am I going to do this for the next however long? I just say, just look at today. Look at this week. Don't worry about how long you're going to breastfeed for. Mm. That doesn't matter. It doesn't even just be like, okay, I'm going to keep trying for now. I'm happy. I'm going to keep trying for now. I'm happy. And then you keep on going. And before you know it, you've got to a point where you either have made a decision or you haven't and, and you're at seven months or whatever. But having, looking down a track, like imagine like when we had our first baby and, and someone comes to us and says, do you realise that, you know, in 10 years' time you're still not going to be sleeping through the night because you've got three kids and one of them's always <laughs> going to wake? You'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can't have. Like I'm thinking, you know, with this first yes. baby, you're like, I'm thinking 12 weeks here. I'm, you know, I'm telling my husband, don't worry, like it'll all be fine in a it's few months. It's just the newborn stage. Yeah, it's just, but it's saying, like with breastfeeding being like oh my gosh I'm gonna to have to do this for all this time just don't think about it just just do what you want and, and you, you get through and you pot it you know and then it just sort of sorts itself out that's your favorite saying is you just get through today when I had really bad anxiety at the start of this pregnancy and I would keep going oh but what if I feel this way for 17 weeks what if I feel this way for 18 weeks and Jade would just turn to me and go just get through today and then tomorrow you're just going to get through tomorrow mm -hmm. stop thinking months down the track just get through today yeah if your little one is over 12 months is it necessary to replace feeds with a bottle because then do you, I mean, I know we're not thinking about the future, of course, but then <laughs> do you just have to wean them off a bottle down the track? <laughs> yeah, so no, you don't need to 
to replace any of the breast milk with formula after 12 months. And you also don't need to use the toddler formulas. You know how there are these toddler formulas out there? Yeah, my child's I, I addicted even, to it. Yeah, they, they, I know they love them. They absolutely love them because it's like some kind of smoothie thing. But you don't need to because toddlers will then have all they need, the dairy that they need through what they're eating and then the hydration through water. However, you can, and I certainly did, gave them a cup of cow's milk, a bottle of cow's milk before bed for ages because that's what they liked. And I was a bit nervous about them having what dairy they were having throughout the day. But in terms of going from breast, you don't need to go from breast to bottle to nothing because then, you know, then you've got another step. You can go from breast to sippy cup, straw cup, open cup. You can do a bottle, but it's not necessary. Can we talk about bottle weaning for a bit? Because we need help. Yeah. So (laughs) I've got a three and a half year old and she always asks for a bottle of milk And, and she's not a fussy milk drinker. I can give her coconut milk, macadamia milk. I can give her cow's milk. It, it can be watered down milk. It, it doesn't your matter. your expired breast milk. <laughs> it can be your breast milk. It doesn't matter. It, it's just got to be milk in a bottle. What are some ways to wean them off? And it's her comforter. Should I be weaning her off? Yeah. So if she was drinking enough to the point that she was not eating her solids well and you're saying she is eating her solids well then that's another thing if they're if they're having too much milk and they're not eating enough solids then we've really got to look at um, the nutritional value there is there any harm giving a baby one little bottle a night because that's what they like and they want to do that no there's not it it is going to end but if you're wanting to put some things in place it's very hard with a with a with a toddler to say you're not having the bottle but you can change it to a sippy cup or one with a spout or with a straw because generally they drink it differently they don't lie there and engulf it it's more like a, a sucking thing or so you can be like oh no I don't have any bottles today that teat's broken put cut a little bit in the teat so when she can't show it to her and be like try suck that something's weird with it I can't that doesn't work anymore let's put it into this thing or let's put it into this special let's go to the shops and buy you a special pink cup because the bottle has now broken and there's none in the world left Um, (laughs) sorry Goldie (laughs) we're going shopping girl that's a really good idea because my little one's two and a half and we call her the dairy queen because she (laughs) would live off butter yogurt and milk if you let her and she is so addicted to toddler powdered milk that if you're making her a bottle and and some spills on the bench she will lick her feet like she's literally like she's out on a big night she will lick her finger and it's like she's rubbing it on her gums she's like that can't go to waste she loves that and I do think it affects the amount of solids she has so I'm going home with some scissors on your teats girl and you are getting her broken bottles yeah it's incredible how quick it works but in the time when you're doing it it's horrendous for the parents probably more so than them it's so long too yeah and it does so you can do things like you can be really cold turkey and be like no I'm just not doing it anymore 
You know, I've got a four-year-old as well and she is in our bed. My husband's in her bed because we can't fit. Uh, you know, it's just the way. And she would used to wake up, not for milk, but she'd wake up and be like, I want a cheese and crackers, you know, <laughs> like ridiculous things. So and do I, darling. I, <laughs> and I, it actually helped because we, we live in Indonesia, so there's all those, you know, those little lizards, those uh, geckos yeah. in the house, and I'm freaked out by those things, which is ridiculous because we live here. And so I can't go to the kitchen <laughs> because I know at night there's like 20 in there just hanging about. So I had to wake up my husband because I was too scared to get the bottle of the cheese and cracks with the geckos. And then when he wasn't there because he was in works at a mine site, I couldn't get him. And so I was like, I can't go downstairs because of the gecko. He didn't care. And it was, it was about three nights of me being like, no, I don't, I can't go in there. And then she stopped asking for cheese and crackers. So. My fear of geckos is greater than my love for you. So go back oh. to sleep. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, <laughs> that is so good. I might need to install some geckos into my house so I stop getting up to give Goldie a that bottle. It's so scary. I don't know why. <laughs> if we've recently weaned our little one and we've got another one on the way, do we generally need to prep? our child that we're going to be breastfeeding another baby or is it not normally an issue? It's not an issue. A lot of people will say they think their baby's going to remember that they breast or their toddler's going to remember that they breastfed and they're going to want to breastfeed too. Oh, 1% of the time, maybe babies and toddlers after they've finished weaning a couple of weeks a couple of months down the track, they're not going to remember that they actually did that. And so it's not an issue. More of an issue is the fact that you can, as you guys and, and us, you know, we've been through it with three kids, is the jealousy when you are breastfeeding and then mm. they're, they're stressed out. And so what I really would do with that is two things is, again, right, rather than trying to be like, it's okay, you know, come and sit here and it all just makes it worse because they, again, mm. don't know what's going on. The baby's still there is two things. You have an iPad, which, you know, I'm sorry, but sometimes we actually have to just use screen time. An iPad or, or the TV, and that's the only time they use that is when you're breastfeeding, so mm. it's like a treat, or a breastfeeding box, which is they have their special toys and things that they like in there that they get to go and get. Oh, that's great. When, yeah, when the baby is feeding and it's just their special box. And you can have an older kid doing that too and, and they get to go and have that as their special thing because the baby's having their milk. And sometimes it can be also like with the toddler milk, okay, you love this toddler milk, you can have a little cup of that while the baby's yeah. having their milk. So there's kind of three things rather than being like, oh, come and sit here, let's just, you know, because really I just think those things, I've never really seen them work instead of my my practice. So I remember Poppy yeah. put, after Goldie was born, put my nipple in her mouth once and she had no yeah, idea what to, and she's a thumb sucker so she still has the suck thing yeah. down pat. She, it was literally like a like a dead fish in her mouth. They she was just like, like she was like, like just waiting for it to do something and she was uh, and so then just moved on. I was like, you didn't, you weren't even, it wasn't even that long ago that you were breastfeeding. And yet our husbands are so good at doing that. <laughs> it's just so weird how they remember. Speaking of um, husbands, any tips for getting our kids to stop? I, I think this is can be a real issue for women after they stop breastfeeding is their kids continually wanting to tweak their nipple or have their hand down yeah. their top. And I think women, especially in public, get 
really over it. Do you have any tips for stopping that? Like we can't really wear turtlenecks in our climate, so (laughs) nor can you. Yeah, yeah. It's a very hard one. I had that with one of my kids and the best thing to do is as soon as they start, you know, you can see that they're going to be doing it. You know, before they've even done it, you can see what they're getting themselves up to is stand up. So I did did with Emma for about a week. Uh, you know, it's normally when you're sitting on the couch and they come over to you and they want to, you know, or that you're holding them upright, you're carrying them and they, they'll do it, is I would stand up automatically quickly or I would put her down straight away. I wouldn't say, and it's the same with all of my practice in that I never really say to them, no, don't do that because of X, Y, Z. Because the more you bring attention to something, the more it's in the forefront of their mind. They're like, oh, I get attention. I actually am going to get attention mm. when I do that because mum doesn't like that. So I'm going to do that. It's, it's absolutely no discussion about it. So it's not in the forefront of their mind. Same as when you're distracting with, with getting them off the boob. But it's all the same. It's just quick, sharp movements. Right down, let's go. Right up and go. And you do that for a week their little minds don't hold on to things like ours do. They don't even remember that. So you only have to do something for a few days for it to be like never will happen again. But if you're like, now look, Emma, if you touch mummy's boobs, it's a bit <laughs> sore. I don't really like it. She'd be like, oh, great. I'll just keep doing it and annoying you. So I'm always just about short and sharp, no discussion and get it, get it sorted. Well, that was all our questions for today. Thank you so much for joining Mm. us and chatting so beautifully about weaning. It's made me feel a bit better about going into uh, probably another journey of it. So thank you so much. I'm sure this has helped so many listeners out there. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I think it's been really fun and I love chatting about things that are not talked about as often. So, yeah. Absolutely. And we'll tag your Instagram and where people can find you if they want to see the other incredible information you put out there. But, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. No worries. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.